the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. You're back on the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. Hey, Jimmy. How you doing, bud? I know we say it a long time, but man, it really seems like a long time since we've recorded one of these episodes. We got into a, a flurry of activity right around the holidays. We recorded, I think, about seven episodes over two weeks. And so it's good to reconnect, my friend. It's weird because we haven't talked, but we've been texting and emailing and everything else about the conference and about business stuff and everything else. So even though, but we really haven't, we haven't talked in been about a month. So it's good to hear from you. Well, the reason that we recorded all those was because I was worried that we might miss a week while I was in Egypt. So I'm glad that we are getting this one in today. We're staying on track. We still have not missed a week in almost two and a half years. So that's something I'm sort of proud of. It's pretty awesome. And we had we had some killer episodes over the break too. I think there were some really good ones. And so hopefully people were able to catch up during the break and really just listen to the incredible episodes that we had. So we really had some really good ones. I think the one that people have talked the most about is probably the, the Bill Umansky one. He's a wild man, but it's it, there's a lot of other good ones in there. So hopefully people will listen to those. So yeah, it's really good. How was your trip to Egypt? The word that I've been using to describe it to everybody is intense. It was not a visit tour spot A, tour spot B, tour spot C kind of a trip. It was more go see all those places, but also we were with the locals and in the small villages and we saw a lot of poverty and a lot of um we saw some amazing things. I'm getting ready to post on Facebook the pictures from the pyramids, but the day-to-day life in Egypt is very hard, and it made me appreciate a lot of things like hot water, clean air, towels that actually dry you off. We had a lot of jokes around the fact that the towels were sort of plasticky, and it just sort of pushed water around on your body. So it's just all kinds of things that you really come to appreciate. I mean, Egypt's an amazing place. But in a lot of ways, it's been frozen in time, and there was just a lot of eye-opening things. Everything was intense. We visited six different cities, and so like we took a two-hour camel ride up to see the pyramids, and it doesn't get much cooler than that. But then also, when we would drive from town to town, if you came up to sort of like an intersection or a traffic stop of some sort, then all these poor people would come up and, and were begging. And so it was 
it was something else for my kids to see, something for me to see. It reminded me a lot of why I do what I do. It's really awesome. So what was it like for Amani? Because Amani going, I mean, I don't know whenever Amani, was Amani born in Egypt or was she born in the U.S.? I don't really know that background. Her family's from there. So what was it like for her to go back? Well, they still have the apartment that she was actually born in. Her dad was a physician, so her dad delivered her. And while we were there, her mom pointed to the corner of the room and said, that's where Mani was born over there. So Mani, <laughs> I think it'd be good to ask her about that. But I think I think it just seems like there's a lot of untapped potential there and a lot of people just surviving, you know, from day to day as opposed to thriving. And I think it was hard for Mani to see that. Mani moved here when she was seven. But she hasn't been back in 12 years, and she and I haven't been back in 17 years. So a lot has not changed in those 17 years, if that makes sense. You know, people say a lot of things change. The sort of the sad thing is is that a lot of things haven't changed. And when we went in 2001, the dollar was worth four pounds, and now it's worth 18 pounds. So in a country that really depends on tourism, not getting those American dollars has really hurt the country. Wow. Well, we could have an entire episode about just this because it, it just really does intrigue me. So and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it now that you're back and we can chat some more. But let's get into the topic of the day. You wanna, I can sort of introduce it. We're going to talk about really plans for 2019. And we're going to both sort of interview each other and dig a little deep. So uh, you want to get going? Let's do it. All right. So you're going first. So I'm, I'm interviewing you first. So the first question I'm going to ask you is, what is the one thing, the one thing you want to accomplish by June? Well, so I have, you know, I'm in strategic coach. I just started my second year and we use sort of that three meet every three months. So it's basically the 12 week year. And so for this quarter, I don't know that if I have a specific goal for June, but for this quarter. Well, actually, well, I would say it's funny because you said it because I was going to ask that, but I didn't know how far your planning was. And so, okay, so this quarter, then, what's your number one goal for this quarter? But my number one goal for this quarter is to build out from start to finish our H-1B system. In other words, really drill down into one case type and have a system built from getting people to raise their hand until an employee hopefully receives their work visa. So to really sit down step by step, we've done it in bits and starts and we have bits and pieces of it. But to really sit down on a comprehensive level, this is something that I'm going to work on with Ashley and Andrew to really nail it all down step by step so that people, different people could step in and do different pieces of it so that it really is more seamless. And the cool thing is, is that Andrew's getting ready to go out on paternity leave. His wife's going to have a baby. And then our main client on these H-1Bs, she's also supposed to have a baby in February. So we have every incentive to get working on these sooner rather than later. A lot of times you sort of wait till the April 1st deadline. So we're going to be doing this sort of live and recording everything as we do it and then transcribing it and turning it into a workflow so that my goal is as the head of the firm and as I move away from handling cases is to each quarter pick one practice area and then treat it as if that's the only company that I work for. I like it. Okay. So with all of that being said, what is it that excites you the most whenever you come to work each day? Well, you know that I I have that goal of not having any more cases by the end of uh, June. And as I transition into sort of the entrepreneur and leader and, and away from doing 
the day-to-day casework, that definitely has me excited. But the other thing that sort of plays along with that is that we just rented another 750, 800 square feet. We have four offices, Kent's over here with me. We hired a part-time person. She works 30 hours a week and all she's doing is following up on leads. And with Lead Docket and our switch over to Active Campaign and using Smith AI, that we've really got a, a real workhorse of a system set up. And so there's all kinds of follow-up that wasn't going on before. I mean, basically, we are so busy that we were following up with people one time. And if we missed them, we missed them. But now we've got the steps in place with Lead Docket and with Katie. That's the person who's working on the on our sales team now. And we really have a more sophisticated, more powerful follow-up. And, and we're really starting to see results from that. So what do you think is more powerful and I hope I don't regret asking this question. What do you think is more powerful? Is it the the individual Katie following up, or is it the tool you're using, Lead Docket, to follow up? Well, for me personally, it's that I'm not having to do the follow up myself. But for the firm, Lead Docket is very powerful in that it sort of streamlines how you do it. And Katie worked in real estate for a while, so she's got that sales mentality and she understands the value of following up. So I think it's a combination of the two, but I, I definitely think that switching away from Infusionsoft and having a system set up software-wise that is dedicated to helping lawyers follow up on potential leads is invaluable. And so, you know, we're getting about 25 leads on average a day between phone calls, chats, and emails and referrals. That that's just not something that one person can handle. And so what I'm excited about the new space is that we're really working towards my dream, which was Seth Price's basement. And Katie's going to be sort of the ringleader of that. And I imagine that in the summer, we'll be having college interns in here to help us follow up even more with leads. So how many different systems do you have set up right now? And what do each of them do? I mean, software-wise? Exactly. So we use, well, Smith AI, they answer our phones. And the cool thing about Smith is that you know, when you and I first started interacting with them, that we were both on Infusionsoft and Smith AI had never had lawyers ask for an integration between Smith AI software and Infusionsoft. My prior uh, phone company, they were built on Infusionsoft. So they just used our Infusionsoft account to put in the information. But the cool thing with Smith is they have their operators answer their phones the same way and with their software. And then they've done all the integration work to push the data from Smith into, and now they did it for me a second time, into Lead Docket. So from their point of view, they know how to get the information. You know, they are actually scheduling consults. And then they're doing that through AppToto, which is our calendaring integration with uh, Google Calendar. And it also, the thing with that is it texts people when they make the appointment. It texts them to, to ask them to confirm the day before. So that's been a huge boost, just getting those confirmations that people are coming or the cancellations or giving them the opportunity to reschedule. So AppToto has been great for that. And then Lead Docket is where we sort of keep track of all the leads. And then Kelsey and I have it set up so that from Lead Docket, we can create the attorney-client agreement in PandaDocs and Slack. There's sort of a Zapier integration once they sign off on the contract. Then it opens up a matter inside Clio. 
It pulls all the information out of lead docket into Clio. And then Clio is then where we do the client management part of things. We have it set up so that in Clio, when the matter is opened, a bill is generated and it's sent to the client and a payment link is sent to the client. And then there's a reminder set up if they don't make the payment right away. And then the cool thing with that is that we don't actually start on work until, and the, and the matter doesn't actually open until they make that initial, which is usually half the, the legal fee. Once that's done, then we push that data from Clio into DocketWise, which is our immigration form software. And that lets us send a link to the clients where they're inputting all their information on a web page. And they're basically creating 80% of the forms. And then, so we've eliminated people here at the office actually typing the forms themselves. And with DocketWise, it's dedicated for immigration software. So the clients are actually doing a lot of the work of inputting the data with their birth dates and their residences and all that stuff. I love it. I mean, there's a lot going on there and I'm sure some people are like, whoa, what's going on here? Because I, I just have a lot going on. So that's, that's great. I, I like the use of, I guess, a form of automation where the forms go out to the clients and they fill it out themselves. I think that's, that's pretty clever. I think it's great. I think it also creates some issues, I'm assuming for you, where they probably fill out some of the information incorrectly, but I'm sure it's a simple review for you all. You all correct whatever mistakes they make and it goes out. So I think that's that's pretty cool. That was a concern that a lot of our team had was that sometimes the clients might put in the information incorrectly. And of course, that's true when you give them a general Word document intake form. And so we've been able to overcome that by, you know, like you said, reviewing the forms with them, going over things. We can spot the mistakes, but just saving on that labor of doing the forms yourself has been huge. And there is one little side benefit to it too. And that is if a client gives us an intake form with correct information and then we're inputting it wrong, then that becomes our error and we own that error. And what I mean by that is if a green card comes back with someone's name spelled incorrectly, and that's because the client gave it to us correctly and we typed it in incorrectly, that's a whole lot different than if they type it in incorrectly themselves. Obviously, it's still our responsibility to get things right, but we do have a little, at least a talking point in discussing with the client as to why the mistake was there. I like the accountability. I like it. It's perfect. Let's head back to focusing on 2019. And I want, I want you to think about, I want you to think about December, okay? And I know, I know that this is not something that 12-week year teaches. This is probably not something that the strategic coach teaches, but in December, What's one thing that you're going to be like, man, I'm glad we got through that. And, and what I want you to think about is, you know, what is your big obstacle going to be that you're going to have to get past this year? And in December, like, what's it going to feel like once you've gotten past that obstacle? Well, besides having to hang out with you for a couple of days at Max Balcon, <laughs> I'll answer your question in this way. So my coach, a strategic coach, is a guy named Lee Brower, and he does something really cool that, frankly, would have been a great hack of the week for me but I'm going to do this today or over the weekend. So what he does is every like January 1st, anytime in that first week of January, he records a video to himself for, to watch on December 31st. And the first thing he does is he congratulates himself on making it through another year. And then he just sort of, he asks himself some questions about where he's at and what he's accomplished. And so well, the, the answer that I'd like to be able to give in December and, and in answering your question is I want us to have our office in Chicago up and running. 
that's my goal for 2019. Um, that's my overall one year goal. And so we're breaking that up into stages. But the one, the, the big thing for me, I think, aside from giving up my cases on a day-to-day basis is going to be having that Chicago office up and running. I like it. So let's talk a little bit about that office. Um, is it going to be a physical office? Are you going to, is it going to be an office where it's just you or your firm? And so the branding going to be all you, are you going to use a virtual office? How are you going to handle that part of it? So my thought is that eventually we'll have satellite offices around the country where the most of the legal work is done here in the United States. And I've been playing with the idea. So just, you know, immigration being federal, we do handle cases all over the country where I haven't actually physically met the person face to face so that, you know, as we've developed Blue Jeans and Skype and FedEx and email, we've been able to handle cases for people that we've never actually met face to face. So one thought is, is that we're going to be able to do some work for people in Chicago virtually, including consults and, you know, client prep meetings and all that stuff. But my idea is that I'll be renting space whatever the minimum amount of space is that I can validly get a Google address for, that's my goal. And I think that our plan is going to be to put it next to this really big mosque that's sort of in the city itself, in the heart of the city. Um, Because frankly, with Chicago, you could put put them in a couple different places. You could put one out in the suburbs because there's a lot of Muslims that live far out in the suburbs. And then you, you want to definitely capture just a general immigrant crowd in sort of the city of Chicago. So my goal is to have one sort of smaller office and then, you know, we can get up to Chicago. I just flew back from there last night in about a 45 minute flight. So there's a great way. If you find a midway, you can hop on the L and be downtown in about, you know, an hour and a half after your flight leaves St. Louis. So our thought is that we'd have different people go up there maybe every Friday if there's a need for human interaction, and then we'll probably have an office person up there is what I'm thinking. I like it. Do you feel like you are on track to achieve the goals you set out five years ago? Oh, for sure. I I had never even envisioned us getting as, I mean, we're at five attorneys now, and I, I didn't think that was going to happen for 10 years. And, you know, with the addition of Amani and the firm and the systems that she's helped bring in, plus the technology that Kelsey and I have built out, I feel like we're really humming and other than dealing with my weight and my health, that's sort of the one negative or the one thing that I'm still worried about. But other than that, I think that the firm itself is really humming and I'm excited where we're headed and I'm looking forward to making more time for my health this year. I love it. All right, let's flip it. Your turn. All right. So you emailed me yesterday and said that you had 12 employees and I was like, what the F? How did this happen? Tell me what's been going on from a growth standpoint since you restarted your own firm. So it's a team of 12 because they're not all stateside employees, but it's we've had massive growth and they're all people that are working full time. So it's we've got a team of 12 now in, let's see, in August before. And, and I don't think we've officially announced this, but I, I think everyone's got that point. Our firm split. I don't know if we've really talked about it on the podcast, but. Um, so in August, we had a team of four. And so it was really kind of weird the way the timing played out because it was really, really bizarre. So we had had some issues with an employee and, so, and we were actually in the middle of a hiring phase. So we were bulking up and hiring in that process. 
one employee ended up quitting. So we went down from basically three of, it was me, Chris, and then three employees, and then went down to two. And then my, Kelsey, my, probably my best employee, she left because she wanted to go back to school. She went to the University of Missouri so she could get her schooling paid for, which is completely understandable. They pay 75%, so that's, that's a big deal. Um, and then that left us with basically one employee, and then we split that employee with Chris because they, they were, they, she came to the firm through Chris. So I was for about a week, but maybe we can have without any employees. It was me, and I've got a big caseload. It was just a weird sequence of events. And so it's, it's kind of amazing how innovation can come out of something like that. And so quickly, I hired quickly. And honestly, I, it was a mistake, the hire I made, which I've since terminated. But I made a really, really good hire that came about all the interviewing I'd been doing previously because we were trying to, when we were trying to grow there. And then we went basically within a month from one to five. And then over the last couple months from, from five to 12, and I'm, I'm actually, I just hired a new person yesterday and I'm hiring a, a another person within the next couple of weeks as a receptionist. So it's really kind of crazy. So I've, I've adopted some of the ideas from Alex Nguyen and Sandy Van and a lot of other people that are in our group, of, in, our, in our circle, but I switched from the departmental model to mostly a pod model, which I was a little, little uh, worried about, but I'm, I'm seeing the benefits that are just, it, it's immense. You get the efficiency that we get out of the pod model is far better than the, than the departmental model. And so people, for people that don't know what I'm talking about, if you picture most you know, companies in general, not just law firms, but companies, you know, you have like a billing department, a sales department, you've got all these different departments. And what happens is, 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 let's say you've got the billing department, they've got all their work done for the day, but they're going to sit around and, and do pretty much nothing, or they're going to just fill their day with, with nonsense. With the pod model, it doesn't work that way. So when the medical records technicians are done requesting records for that day, they shift over to, okay, does this demanding to be done? And so they, they work on a demand, and, and it, or does this police report need to be requested? They request the police report. So they, they're filling gaps. It's not just one of these things where like, I've got nothing else to do, so I don't, I'm not doing it. Instead of that, they're filling gaps. And so it's moving these cases uh, forward faster. And it's been incredible, really has been incredible. So lots of thanks to Alex and Sandy for sharing their ideas with me because it, it really has been helpful. There are some aspects that are uh, departmental, um, for example, all the billing goes, or not billing, but all the invoices that we pay for you know, medical records or whatever it might be, either go through me or Candace, but for the most part, it's just all pod. So, and I mean, I'm not done growing. So there's, we're going to be hiring a lot more people, I think over the next few months, it's, it's, it's really sort of opened my eyes to what can be done. Don't you find after you hire somebody that you often ask yourself, why didn't I do this earlier to fill that role? Without a doubt. And you know, it's, it's interesting. So and this is something that I'm sure most people have experienced. You know, you, you make so you make a, a good amount of money and you're, you sort of want to hold on to that, you know, and you, and you don't, you, you fear hiring people and that the bank account's going to get drained and you're going to run out of money. Like you, you have that fear. And, and if, if, if you're listening to this and you say you don't have that fear, you're either crazy or you're lying because you, 
you're like, okay, I, I've made all this money and so I don't want it to go away. And so you want to sort of afford it. And then, so you don't want to spend this extra money. And so I had that fear for a while. I, I mean, I haven't had that fear for I had it a, a while ago, but I, I have learned to get over that fear because I think there are a lot of benefits uh, to hiring. And so absolutely. I will say I was, I felt now this isn't a knock on my old partner, not at all, but I felt restricted in, that doesn't mean he was restricting me. I just, I just felt restricted. I felt less loose to do what I needed to do to sort of move the firm forward. And so that was probably more of an internal thing because I felt, I felt more cautious because it was now our money. It wasn't my money, um, if that makes sense. And so I, I, I felt more cautious about making certain moves. And I've made more moves over the last four months than I would have ever made in the previous firm. And so that is that that's actually been a blessing for me where I can I feel more loose, I feel more free to do a lot of things. And I think it's really benefited me. And, and and a lot of that is bringing on more people to get the job done as opposed to trying to, you know, force everything through the staff that we had. Would you be willing to talk about your setup as far as the offices and how you're maintaining a presence in two different cities? Yeah. So we've got a I guess I got to talk about a couple of different ways. One, we've got a full-time staff in Columbia completely set up. We have a full-time staff in St. Louis completely set up. The only difference is, is that in St. Louis, the way the office was set up, we're, we're, Chris and I are still in the same office technically, but we were out of room. So Candace is in St. Louis and has been working out of her house. And we are in actually in a search for a new office in St. Louis, but technically no one's physically in that office yet. Um, and in fact, Chris is moving to a new loca- location in a couple weeks. And so I'm actually, I've been rapidly trying to find a new office in St. Louis. So the way the office was set up, Jim, was that, you know, we, we, we we're basically, and we, we were both actively looking for new office space once this all sort of split up because our lease was, is up in January. So it's sort of been in flux in St. Louis because we, we're not under a lease. And so we're trying to figure it out. So temporarily what I've done is I've gotten a Regis office in Chesterfield. And what's cool about the, the plan I have is we can actually, there's I think five locations in St. Louis, so we can meet clients throughout and it's not really been an issue. I've got to find a more permanent office. And I told you that, that yesterday, the attacks I've got, I've got to find that more permanent office, but as of right now, I'm having to try to fill the gaps in the boat um, to, to get me to that point. What are you going to focus on these next three months? Well, number one is getting that office. I have to get one. It's, it's, uh, you and I were sort of chatting about that earlier today. It's just about I'm tinkering with some ideas on on how to work with multiple offices and set them up fairly efficient, uh, efficiently. And you were talking about how Lee Rosen does it. Um, with He basically just has the two conference rooms, or a scanning room, and I think, I think something else you mentioned. I mean, I'll consider that idea of doing something like that because I also have a big plans for expansion over the next couple of years. And so I, I'm definitely willing to tinker with that idea because that's actually a pretty cheap way of expanding. So that's something I'm, I'm thinking about doing. That's the number one thing. The team is set up and we've been trained. We train every week. Uh, we're back to that weekly training, which is great. Getting them up and, and make sure they're fully trained, but they're, they're for the most part, they're pretty much there. So the main things that office, and I don't want to focus on too many things, but the other thing is, I've honestly gotten away from doing videos and, and doing a lot of the marketing that I was doing before, but so I'm, I'm going to get back to the videos and then also the, uh, the office. 
how are you spending your time and are you happy with the way that you're spending your time on a daily basis? It's funny you say that. I had this moment yesterday because it is, I'll be honest with you, it, it's been stressful the last four or five months. I mean, it really has been just because the way things, it was it was a, a rapid, and this was, this is, Chris and I agreed this way. I mean, like when we decided to split, it was quick and it's fast. We, we had everything signed within a week. So it was a rapid, rapid thing. And so it's sort of stressful whenever you're reorganizing everything. And so but I had this moment yesterday where I'm sitting there and like, you know, things are going really well. I was like, this is good. I sort of had this like moment like, okay, I can relax a little bit. Like I can, I can get back to relaxing because it was, it was getting pretty, uh, pretty stressful. But I was getting, basically my feeling was, it was getting back to like pre-merger me, like where I like my day-to-day was sort of back to normal and the day-to-day is just, it's, it, it's more efficient, I think. And so I'm happy with where I am now. My day-to-day, so we focus on, so, and this is all comes from you know, Jason Self stuff. So my day is focused on the three things that I think I need to do to focus on my goals. So I focus on those three things as soon as possible. So basically I start my day with my identity statement and then focus on my top three things. And I don't know how, how in the weeds you want me to go, but um, I spend most of my day reviewing actual cases actually going through and reviewing cases and then a portion of my day is set aside for discovery because that's one of my three things that i want to focus on for each each day and because i want to we want to be aggressive on discovery so it's not just us responding to discovery it's actually us focusing on getting discovery at the door and asking for more things setting depositions doing depositions and so that's one of my top three things and then I usually wrap my day up ending with returning phone call like I've always done. But there are times where I will speak to clients over the phone if it's a new case. For example, I was in the middle of doing something yesterday and I, I sort of dropped everything just to take the, the call in a new case. It was a referral from a current client. So I want to make sure I got them signed up. But So I still do take those client calls, but um, a lot of it's me reviewing what the case managers are doing. So there's two case managers now. And they're pushing those cases forward. I'm reviewing what they're doing and then doing my top three things for the day. Are you happy with where things are at? I am. I really am. I think they're heading in the right direction too. Truth be told, though, I was happy with the, with the previous arrangement. I, I thought that it was going really, really well. But I, I mean, I'm probably happier now, though. I really am. I mean, I think the stress is less. Um, I think the firm is going in the right direction. It's strong financially. I mean, and I think we're heading, if you were to look at all of our KPIs, we're heading all in the right direction. So I'm, I think we're, I think we're in the right direction. So yeah, absolutely. I think that's a testament to your worldview. I mean, I remember when I thought about going to work for a maritime firm shortly after law school, and I didn't know anything about maritime law. And I talked to my buddy, John, and he said, Jim, you're going to be happy wherever you are. You'll, you'll totally get into it. And, and I think that's true of you too. I think you're generally a positive person, like most of the people that listen to our show. And that's why we're all such good friends. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't dwell on things. And I think that that's part of that learned and part of that's just ingrained in me. And I just, I don't, I, I, what's the point, you know, like what's the point on dwelling on anything? And I think if you are not happy in your current situation, you need to move on to something else. And I've always thought that, I mean, why, except I remember, you know, working at State Farm and doing other jobs. Like whenever, when I was in the Army, whatever it is, and you hear people just bitch, 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 bitch about their job. And I never understood it. Like, and I would say, well, why don't you just quit? Like, why don't you move on to something else? Like, why, what, what point 
point is there to be unhappy? Like, why would you want to be unhappy? Like, you can change your situation. I mean, just move on to something else. So, but I think there are people that just aren't happy in general. So, some people you can't change. But all right, so we've gone, I think, way over. But so you want to want to wrap it up? Yeah, I have a couple things to wrap up with. One is I want to give a shout out to Layla Nasrat and Nick Brockmeyer. I got my first two referrals off the podcast this week. So I was excited about that. And I'm going to have lunch with Nick. He's a big fan of ours. Do you know Nick? I don't know. if I, is, is Nick in St. Charles? Yeah, he's an agent. Yeah, that's, I, I know who he is. I don't know him, but I, I do know of him because a guy used to work with Mike Warner, who used to be a personal injury lawyer in St. Louis. He wanted to be an agent. I think he worked for Nick, I think, is how that connection is. But I heard he's a really good guy. I know that generally you're the one who talks about reviews on iTunes, but it's been a while since we've gotten one. We have 62 reviews on there, but we can always use new ones. But I, I came across this one from back in September that we missed, and he calls us his board of advisors. I'm almost caught up on my episodes, and I can say without question that the superhero duo of Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix are the best. These guys are real, intelligent, creative, and quite funny. The show makes for an informative and sometimes entertaining 30 to 40 minutes. Their guests are always helpful, and their tip of the week is always useful. Not, not. I, he didn't say the hack, but he said the tip. Here's the deal: if you have a legal practice, and particularly for those who are solos or a small office run, don't walk and subscribe to these guys. This is issued by NG Law. I don't know if that's Neil Goldstein. I'm not sure who left that review, but it's it's very much appreciated. That's pretty awesome. That's a detailed review too. That that may be our most detailed one we've gotten. That's pretty cool. I, I, I love it. And yeah, keep them coming. I, the, the reviews are awesome. I think that they also make us feel good, but they also help spread the love. So I, we appreciate it. Jimmy, you want to give your hack of the week? Yeah. So my hack of the week. So you know, I travel a lot, and I always like to try to stay at the West End when I can, and I always go Southwest when I can. But sometimes I either have to take another airline or I have to stay at another hotel. And my hack of the week is that whenever I stay in a new hotel, I always join their member group, whatever their, you know, it's always free. They just want to get your email address and to market to you. But if you sign up for whatever their rewards program is, invariably, I always get a little nicer room or some kind of benefit by staying. Even if you do it on that very first reservation, if you, if you join the group and then make the reservation, it almost always results in some little perk. So I thought I'd pass that along. We uh, were part of the Wyndham group, um, whatever their, their rewards club is. And so, yeah, you're right. I, whatever your preferred hotel is, I, I, I definitely recommend doing it because you definitely can get your, some rewards and bonuses and whatever it is. So my before I get to my tip of the week, I do want to thank, let's see, I got some, I got a gift from Jason Krabs or Card. Seth Price sent some cupcakes, so I want to thank him. Steve Lefkoff sent this hot sauce. It was like branded, so I want to thank him. Chris Nicolaisen sent a cool little card. I want to say thanks to him. I, I'm going to miss some. If I miss any, I'll, I'll just thank you all next week's podcast. So thank you all for, for sending in. the. It's cool. Oh, it's always cool to get some stuff So uh, in the mail. So my tip of the week is actually a bot. I look back in. I want, I want to get more into using um, so, some bots and automation and things like that. And well, I'm always in automation, I guess, but just using uh, bots when it comes to the, the website, a chat bot and, and Facebook Messenger. Because one thing that's always annoyed me is Facebook Messenger. People, for some reason, I don't get, I get alerts, but it's the alerts for messages through Facebook Messenger 
um, through the business page, they don't they don't stand out as much as others for some reason. So they, they don't pop up on my screen on my phone. And so I wanted to find a way to use a bot to sort of move a conversation forward if I can. And so I'm using Chat Fuel, um, C H A T F U E L. I think it's just ChatFuel.com. I think if you just Google Chat Fuel, they've got a messenger, Facebook Messenger um, bot, and it's really really easy to set up and the way I've got it set up on my bot is basically a bunch of multiple choice questions, whatever they go through, and it sort of filters them through a series of questions. And the way I've got it set up is to basically move them forward with a it, to see if they've got a case, and then um, it just kind of moves them down that path. So it's, it's pretty cool. So if you want to go to my Facebook page and, and, and check it out, just see how it works and give me feedback, that'd be great. But that is my tip of the week. Got anything else, Jimmy? I'm going to get on there and make up some fake cases. Yeah, well, it's going to show that it's you, dummy. So it's not, <laughs> so it's not, it's, I'm just going to ignore it. But it, so it, unless you go through the hassle, here, I hope you do this. I hope you go through the hassle of creating all these big Facebook profiles, wasting all this time that you like to do because you don't like to do real work, uh, which we're going to talk about on the next episode about how you're still doing the mundane thing. But that's another topic for another day. So, Jimmy, let's move on. Great episode. Thanks for sharing all your information. Talk to you soon. Bye, buddy. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.